Aloha and welcome to Connection to the Cosmos with your host, me, Dr. Lisa Thompson, where I have out of this world conversations with extraordinary people. And today I am really excited to have on Jillian Ribbons, and we're going to bring her on in just a moment. But first, just a couple of announcements. If you have not still grabbed my 20-minute meditative journey to meet your galactic family and guides for free, it's on my website, mysticmanta.com or drlisajthompson.com. And if you're coming to Hawaii, particularly to the Big Island, Kona side, come on one of my Big Island UFO tours where you will get to see the night sky in a whole new way using my advanced generation three military night vision goggles. And yes, we do see spacecraft all the time. Not kidding. Okay. So, and more information about those tours is bigislandufotours.com. So without further ado, bringing on Jillian. Hello, Jillian. Hi. So let me share your bio with the audience and then we'll just jump right into the conversation. So Jillian Ribbons, LAC, is an emotional alchemist. Through Akashic Records, vibrational frequencies, acupuncture, and manual therapy, she helps sensitive beings to alchemize their emotions in order to integrate parts of themselves and return to a state of wholeness. She implement, implements sound healing using tuning forks, vocalization, and drumming to clear the energy field and create more space for physical embodiment. She also guides clients and groups in sacred ceremonial space through their Akashic Records to connect them with their spirit guides. She sees clients one-on-one -on -one in Port Ludlow, Washington, but also remotely through the, throughout the world and facilitates plant medicine retreats in Ecuador with Corazon de Pachamama. Beautiful. Well, I am really excited to have you here and jump in because I love so much of what you do. And But before we talk about your actual work, and I would love for you to share with me and the audience kind of your background. Like, how'd you grow up? Spiritual, religious, something else? So that we can understand your transition into the work. Yeah, I actually grew up, uh, my family was agnostic. And so we didn't go to church. We didn't really talk about spirituality very much. Um, I had gone to church a couple times with friends just out of curiosity and was, you know, a little taken aback, wasn't super comfortable with the environment there. Mm -hmm. um, but, I've, you know, spirituality for me always existed in nature. And I had, you know, at a certain point realized there was a feeling of nihilism and pessimism in my family that I didn't really like. And I just saw that there was this energy and that's how I characterize my spirituality is um, just seeing a little bit more. And then, um, you know, growing up, I decided, I didn't know why, but when I was in college, I decided I wanted to go to Nepal and volunteer with kids. And they have just amazing temples there and Buddhism and a beautiful mountain. So it's a huge seed of spirituality. And I was pretty blown away, like had a connection to maybe past lives there as well. But um, growing up, I definitely kind of moved closer to that spirituality and have found a way of doing it. I had a friend that would call it sacred silliness. And okay. it just doesn't have to be so serious and stodgy. It can be a way of really exploring um, nature in the world. Okay, so beautiful. Well, so before you got into the work that you do, did you have any kind of like normal 
career path that you were following or did you go after Nepal, you came back and you're like, I am moving ahead with all of the spiritual work. It wasn't super clear like that. I was planning my, my major in college was uh, music therapy mm. actually. And when I found out how the system or the, um, the practice of it worked, it wasn't, you know, like I do now, I consider that's how I would have thought music therapy, finding certain frequencies and yeah. sounds that have a neurological effect that shift energy fields. But the way that it was laid out was more of a, like a musician for hospitals, somebody who came in and cheered people up, which is totally valid and important, but it wasn't something that I wanted to continue to pursue. And so um, as, as I finished my school, I discovered this woman that is a part of my career path was refugee support and uh, trafficking support okay. and this woman was facilitating acupuncture at a center for uh, people who had been trafficked mm -hmm. and using these ear points for detoxification so it was a completely drug-free way of allowing people to re resolve the addictions they had to substances and also just stress and trauma, it helps anybody. Mm -hmm. So I got into the field of acupuncture through that. And then with the template of acupuncture, I was able to apply whatever else that I wanted um, as I got interested in it and applied different modalities and, and just have a lot of fun. Okay. Well, so, so acupuncture then was your first modality that you got trained in? Yeah. Okay. And then what, did, what was the next step for you from there? What I mean, because you do Akashic Records. You've got yeah, this the ravel. Um, so I got into visceral manipulation and cranial sacral using mm -hmm. the organs to help balance the body. And that kind of actually starts, as I studied it more and more, started to move into this Reiki place where we're connecting the emotions of the body that are not processed in the organs, in the brain too and making that connection and allowing that to move out of the field, which it really shows clearly to me listening to the body that's in the field. Hmm. Um, but you know, the next thing after I started the visceral work was, um, 2020, uh, another rabbit hole that got me really open to, uh, and it wasn't, it didn't have anything to do with the pandemic, but the pandemic kind of gave me the space to explore it a little bit more. And yeah. that was how sound frequency affects the body because I had been for years using my hands to listen to the body and feel where energy is moving and where energy is blocked. And I was finding a lot of energy in the field and I found that sound was the way that I could address it. So um, we bought tuning forks, um, started doing some sound workshops with friends, playing drums. Um, I got into the Akashic Records and that was through my own healing journey, through okay. um, finding that there was just this unresolved grief in my body that I didn't know where it came from and doing deep dives to find sources of it and just to resolve it and clear it. Not really to get attached to why, you know, why is this past life coming up, but mm -hmm. you know, learning the lesson and then clearing that from my system. And I found that to be an incredibly amazing tool. Um, and it's incredibly just, for everyday use, if I'm seeing a client, I'll have, you know, a tab open with the Akash with a little bit of support and guidance um, that just opens my channel. And so I receive something that might be helpful for me in that setting. 
Okay. So when you're working with clients, then it sounds like it's very like intuitive or you're tuning into different clear abilities. So I'm curious if you can describe that a little bit more about how you're receiving the information of how people, um, the people that you're working with. A lot of numbers come through and often the numbers have to do with timelines in somebody's life where they have unprocessed emotions and that we want that for some reason our present state where we are right now, there exists this fracture where part of us is still stuck in that place in that old timeline and so it comes in with a clear cognizance with that you know words and the um, numbers that come in and there is a bit of clear audience that comes into and clear sentience um, and so I often ask people to use their voice to you know act like they are in that timeline tell them to stay their name or say a statement um, like an affirmation and then my through listening to them I'll pick up on a frequency that's out of balance and I'll sing to that frequency and it's just kind of flows naturally okay well so you know I know different people access Akashic records in, in different ways so did you go through any kind of formal training or was this something that you just intuitively learned how to yeah, I'm a a teacher okay yeah and uh, we used a lot of like crystalline energy to work with that. And for me, um, I kind of dial it in more to using numbers and images to work with it. Um, so yeah, connecting with the body and it's almost like a, just a deeper meditation to get into that place. And there's so many ways that people access those, those fields, but. Yeah. So, well, you mentioned that you went through your own healing journey. Are you willing to share what you went through with that? Yeah, it was, I, I believe because I have the, the lab testing, I you know can experiment on myself. So I was able to do a lot of lab testing and I had a lot of toxicity, um, you know, for reasons that I'm not sure of. It could have been, you know, living in a really natural part of the world and, you know, even just well water or something that could have gotten into the system. But mm -hmm. there was a lot of perchlorate, like bleach byproducts, mm -hmm. um, some diesel byproducts as well that I had from a heater that I was using, um, mold and mycotoxins. I've definitely lived in environments with that. And I just kind of started losing weight, couldn't digest a lot of foods, had a lot of histamine reactions. Um, once I started treating that, but I wasn't sure if the protocol I was on was the proper protocol, it, it did make it worse because my body was just recycling these toxins. And I can understand why people just don't want to be in their skin when they have this histamine reaction and this anxiety and this panic. Um, so yeah, there was so many layers of, you know, healing is so many layers, um, I also used a bit of cambo medicine, which is a frog. Okay. Uh, it's not a plant medicine. It's from the Matsi's tribe from a frog. Um, it's a secretion, but it's a very physical. It's not psychedelic. It's a very physical detox. Oh, um, okay. So physical it's, and, and energetic. Because there are frog medicines that are more psychedelic, aren't there? Yeah, that's a toad. Okay. 
got yeah. it. Yeah. Just so for, for people who are like, what? <laughs> okay. So yeah. So continue about, about that. So it's yeah. So I was just in a process of getting those things out of my system and clearing them. It, it took a long time, but I think, you know, one of the huge things for me was just to have my own personal resource, like my guides on speed dial with the Akash yeah. that I could center myself and I could find support and guidance that I'm doing the right thing, moving in the right direction. And, you know, ultimately, I don't know necessarily what was the, I don't think there was one thing that was to heal me. It was a, just a whole process of me trusting you know, that, that process and what unfolded. Yeah. Okay. Well, so can you, I guess, share what some clients would come to you for, like, because you do a lot of different modalities. And so I'm just like, who, who are your best type of clients? Like a lot of us, my clients are often a lot like me, just energetically sensitive and empathic and wanting to create more boundaries and more support. But it's not always cut and dry like that. People come to see me and they don't, usually the reason they come to see me in, in my physical acupuncture practice, mm -hmm. um, my office is for back pain or neck pain. Um, I work with nerves and neurological issues, so it can be helpful. But I always believe that people aren't necessarily coming to me for what, they think they're coming to me for and often what we do is a lot of childhood trauma support and redirecting that um, mm -hmm. clearing that energy okay and then so when so if people are coming to you I guess traditionally for acupuncture because a lot you know most people know what that is yeah when do you know okay well I need to bring in the tuning forks or I need to bring in the Akash or or is it just all part of your sessions and you just go wherever the session needs to go? Yeah, so I listen to the body and I feel um, I, it's an osteopathic listening that I use to feel where there's restriction in the body, applying a little bit of stress and the body tells me where there is a restriction. That might be different than what the energetic body is doing because the energetic body may be elsewhere but I focus on those things and just flow with it and yeah there's not usually not a person that comes in that I don't want to do any energetic work on okay and and your clients I'm sure like yep I'm open to whatever yeah it's gonna help yeah it's amazing how many people open to you know because we are energetic beings it's hard to separate our physical body from the energetic parts of us that that's what gives us life. Yes. So, um, in terms of, so you're, you know, in your bio, you say that you see clients one-on-one, -on -one, you know, in person, but that you can also work remotely. So, I mean, I'm very familiar with acupuncture. I've had it done throughout my life. So I know that that isn't something necessarily that you can do directly. Correct. But the it's other not really the focus, no. Um, it it is possible to do anything over, you know, sound waves because the energy it, energy doesn't know any boundaries or time or space. So it is right. possible to to work with that. The focus of my one on one sessions is usually 
Akashic Records journeys and mm -hmm. bringing them into their energetic spaces where they can connect and we can both connect with their guides and we can both work together. So it works kind of like a guided meditation. Okay. And for people that, you know, there's often reasons why there's blockages, why people aren't seeing, visualizing, receiving the messages. And we work with that as well. But I also tend to do some manual energy, like Reiki work over the, the phone. And I can also do the sound healing because I can pick up on those frequencies and, and right. work with that. Okay. Okay. Which, and that totally makes sense. So then, um, are there common themes in the blockages that your clients have because of, yeah. Yeah. So what yes. kind of, so common? interesting, like just this week I've been working on everybody's heart. Okay. And I do my own, I do my own work on myself when I feel like something needs to be cleared. And so that can come up for me as well, but it's coming up in the collective. And so it's coming up for everybody, but it's also important for me to keep myself attuned by clearing things as they come up. Okay. And so what, what do you, what's your intuitive hit on why the heart this week? Like any, any sense We're of- We're moving into Leo season. And okay. that could, or we're moving out of Leah's season, I guess, right now. Right now it is August 22nd. <laughs> right. And this won't come out till February. So we are recording this. Yes. Yeah. So that could be the summer is coming to a close here in the north, northern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Energetically, we all just seem to unfold things at similar time and similar timelines. And we do work together as a collective. So I believe with the veil thinning, there's more coming up around criticisms and judgments and self-love and that self-care. And mm -hmm. so collectively we're working on that piece and unfolding it together. Okay. Well, and as we do that, then it's easier to then usher in the new energy of the new age, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's beautiful. I, so I get, let's go ahead and jump to the plant medicine and the ceremonies that you do with that and, and in Ecuador. So do you only facilitate them in Ecuador or do you also do them in Washington? And I know um, there, I have a relationship. Yeah. There's a, there's no legal ceremonies in Washington or um, the United States at this point. Um, hopefully by the time we're recording, <laughs> things have changed. But um, at this point, um, I was visiting Ecuador in January of last year, and I connected with a Quechua healer, a traditional healer that does massages. She's a midwife, and she's facilitating using both the Western and the Eastern methods of therapies. And so it's very interesting because there's some very different ways of healing that can be utilized in the Amazon, such as using these rattles that are made of herbs to help clear the energy and song and frequency and dance. And there is also an energetic cleansing that can happen with 
like for example, an egg or even like a guinea pig where mm -hmm. this um, egg or in the case of the guinea pig, the, unfortunately the guinea pig is being sacrificed. Um, but the, you know, the egg is cleansing that person's energy and mm -hmm. then they crack the egg and put it in water and they can see something about the person. And in the case of the guinea pig, it's very interesting because they dissect the guinea pig and they can see what the cause of death was and where that person might need to focus their energy. Maybe they have a little bit of kidney issue, but it's a very powerful place. And mm -hmm. so I connected with a couple that facilitates um, plant medicine ceremonies there. And they wanted me to do acupuncture and body work for them and as well as sound healing. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping to continue doing that and visiting Ecuador, you know, maybe twice a year and helping to facilitate ceremony while I'm there. Okay. And so what, what was your own like aha moment of working with the plant medicines? It was definitely opening up a lot of my clairs with the frequency. And I don't know if people listening have experience with plant medicine, but the person in it varies in ceremonies, but there's often a diet that happens between the curandero or the shaman and the, the plant that they are dieting. They will drink that plant in tea or some other form. Mm -hmm. or, you know, a couple, like five days to up to a couple of months and they will eat a special diet and limit their access to the outside world. And this will lead to them connecting with the frequency of the plants and being able to sing the frequency of those plants. And so it's very much of connecting to that. And, you know, being in ceremony, it's almost like, you don't necessarily know why we often have emotions that we can't place. They could be past life. They could be something we just blocked completely. Mm -hmm. And the experience is feeling like somebody is singing this song of your soul back to you mm -hmm. and receiving that song of your soul and the joy and all the wonder of the being that you are and fully appreciating that. And that frequency comes from the vocals that are in the ceremony and the instruments and the smells, the, if they use tobacco or if they use other herbs in the ceremony, they use um, Agua de Florida often. And the medicine itself has frequencies that move through your body. They move where they need to go in your body for healing. And so what I noticed after one of my ceremonies was that I could I could now sing those frequencies. I could connect with the frequencies and I could sing them. I could connect that to the people that I work with. And so that was an unfolding of my clear audience and my clear sentience to feel the frequency and to be able to hear the sounds. Okay. Wow. Well, so, um, so, you know, you specifically, you're talking about, um, Pachamama. So is that ayahuasca? Or because I know there's ayahuasca and San Pedro and other medicines. Yeah, Pachamama means Mother Earth. And ayahuasca is the plant medicine, the very feminine grandmother medicine. San Pedro okay. is more of a grandfather medicine, 
more mm -hmm. of a, a light energy medicine, so a little bit more celebratory. Okay. Okay. And so for people that are kind of curious about, well, you know, maybe they're, they have some fear of doing plant medicine or, or they're curious, like who, who's a good candidate for plant medicine and who is not a good candidate? <laughs> yeah. So there's definitely something to, to be said about medications that somebody might be on if they're SSRIs or something that can interact negatively with the medicine and to be able to sacrifice a little bit before the ceremony. Um, I believe it's about two weeks that you avoid red meat and at, at the very minimum, you know, three to five days, but trying to keep your diet really clean before the ceremony, no sugar, no recreational drugs. And for people that, you know, they take cannabis and, removing that can be a trigger for them. Maybe it's harder to sleep without it. And so you definitely need to have a little bit of ability to have some strength and resilience to go through the ceremony. But as far as actually being afraid of ceremony, I think in some ways it may be scarier not to. If you're curious, if you're listening and this is coming up for you, it may be more scary not to address because that's what happened for me. I, I thought, oh, I don't want to, I don't know if I want to meet those demons. I don't know if I want to see those cobwebs in the closet. And it was coming up for me in a big way. I had some PTSD from a, a former relationship and lots of things, you know, compiling together. And I realized it's definitely time just to unfold that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be like, um, one of the people that I've worked with, he said, don't watch documentaries on <laughs> ayahuasca because they will show people that are given way too much medicine and they're having a crazy experience or they're puking a lot. And for me, the puking wasn't really a huge part of it. It was, there's several ways to move energy out of your body. Sometimes people shake, sometimes people cry, um, people emote. And so it's not necessarily something to be afraid of. Um, yeah, I think it's more more scary to carry around things that, yeah. that are harmful. Well, yes, <laughs> I, I totally agree. Well, because and when we're carrying around that darkness, I mean, those stuck emotions and the traumas, that's what's creating the illness in our body as well. Yeah, it's incredible. And like for me, it's incredible how much is always still there. No matter how much work that we do, there is still a lot to be released. And with yeah. the massive shifts on the planet and the unfolding and the releasing of the veil, there's so much that it can be stuck. And so it's just our, I think our due diligence to keep doing whatever really works for us that we believe is helping to clear that mm -hmm. and just keep doing it for ourselves and for the planet and for our relationships. Yeah. Well, and we are human. And as long as we're still alive, we have more and more layers, deeper and deeper stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So we're never done until we're physically done. <laughs> we're unfurling lotus. Yes. And even then, you know, depending on how you believe spiritually after mm -hmm. we leave this body or after, you know, we continue the great journey, there's still unfolding to be had there's still 
you know, things that we might bring with us. And so, yeah, it's an important spiritual journey to keep that moving. Yeah. So for you having access to the Akashic records for yourself, what has been, I guess, the biggest aha coming out of that for yourself, but then also then using it with your clients? So I'll start with using it with my clients because, you know, I don't always get like extreme details and I don't necessarily want a lot of details about somebody that I just met. And I, I mostly want a little direction and a little support. There was one time when I heard, you know, with the clear audience, oh, she's still mourning the loss of her father. And I had not met this person and I found out that she was, you know, it was in her teenage years that this happened. But with just the things that affirm your belief in the magic of working with these energies that I I believe that if I'm supposed to know that information, if it's going to be helpful for me, then that information will be shared with me. And if I don't need to know that information, maybe there isn't a story around something. Maybe I'm just unpacking something. Yeah. And, um, so that's the professional, you know, working with clients, um, working with myself. You know, sometimes we have a lot of blind spots and it's hard to find where we're going. But just the general guidance that I receive, something that I'm working with and it's not working or um, a friendship that I have and I'm being guided just to let things go or find a way to let things go and, and not be so hung up on it. And it's just this like, you know, this sort of like sarcasm, this humor that sometimes they have, they've told me jokes before. Um, you know, they tell me, Oh, this isn't, this isn't worth your, um, it's not worth the, amount of ink that it takes to print on a piece of paper to deliver a message, you know, for somebody that isn't in alignment with you anymore, that you're able to just break that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, they've given me images of a trapeze. Like you have to let go before you grab onto the next trapeze. And it's just been a really supportive thing for me to allow my emotional body to have some strength and allow me to, um, to receive. So I think everybody should, um, connect in that way, spiritual with their guides. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I love that image of the trapeze. Never thought of it like that before, but yeah, sometimes you just have to take the leap of faith, right? You just have to take yeah. that or jump, whatever. Um, yeah, and trust is coming up a lot too lately. I don't know what's unfolding on the planet, but being able to trust the process and to say, to come at it with a feminine perspective of I'm going to be in my power and I'm going to hold the frequencies of what I want to bring in, of love, of safety, of support, and allow, know that I'm doing everything I need to do, but allow what is going to come in to come in instead of chasing it's like instead of chasing a butterflies, you're standing and allowing the butterflies to hold yeah. your frame. Uh, yes, I love that. Um, so 
I'm curious because I have had other people on the show that do Akashic Record kind of work. And some of them work mostly just in the earth realm. Others expanded out to the greater kind of galactic mm-hmm. realm. I'm just curious for you, how, are you more earth-based or are you just like, it's all there and whatever's going to An interesting like anecdote is after I had a ceremony about a year, maybe now a year and a half ago, and I was unfolding so much. It was during, you know, at the end of a really major healing crisis where after that I was like, you know, I'm good. I don't need to sign up for ceremonies. I don't need to do Cambo. I don't need to worry about it because things are, I know things are unfolding for me. And um, what I noticed about that was that my own frequencies, I had been continuously unfolding old timelines and past lives and intergenerational traumas and childhood traumas and continuing to bring those to light and bringing them to light, not to become attached to them, but to release them and let them go. Mm-hmm. And I did a session with somebody who was in my class and what came up was the middle earth came up. I hmm. became, I turned into the earth. I was the pain of the earth. I could feel like a shard of glass in my heart. And when I went to go pull the, or touch the shard of glass, it became a portal and I went into the portal and then I went into like, like an Arcturian wonderland where I was swimming in the water. And it was so interesting for me because that was one of the first times that I was really experiencing off-planet utopia. There's been some dystopian off-planet um, memories that I've had of past lives, but I was able to break through something really big where I know that on this planet, there's been a lot of pain and a lot of trauma and working on continuously unfolding it for a long time until I could just move into the the bliss and the the happy place of, you know, people love going on journeys, but a lot of times journeys are, you know, they're scary or they're, we're going to see things that are hard and difficult. Okay. Well, and so your clients, I'm curious, have they, have, they needed to tap into that more kind of galactic cosmic realm or yeah, it- I definitely have had some some extraterrestrial um if that's the correct word now <laughs> interdimensional <laughs> beings <laughs> um, I connect with these beings as well i don't know where they're from uh just like to call them infinite beings or infinite beings of light but I connect with that through uh, Reiki kind of energy. And I've had people also connect with this sort of extraterrestrial or this different parts of them that are existing in this different space. Um, but a lot of what comes up is childhood. I think childhood is something that we, we, have, to, we have to work through in the process. Yes. Yeah. That's, well, I do, um, I do, past parallel life work myself, but Mm -hmm. I do it a little bit differently because it's through regression rather than necessarily accessing Kashuk records in the way that a lot of people do. But, um, but you're right there. I do have clients where it's the childhood trauma that wants to be resolved first and foremost. And so 
once we clear that away, then maybe some of the more deeper things can come up. Yeah, we have enough to work on in this life. Yes. And sometimes there's like a burden or an obligation that comes up with somebody that has a past life they're connecting to. And so it, it will show you something about what you're going through right now mm -hmm. and why it's been difficult. Yeah. Well, so um, can you give me a couple of examples of shifts that your clients have been able to make by working with you? Yeah, just unlocking some of the stuff and the, um, the tears and the emotional release and the frequencies. Sometimes people are just kind of blissed out and they're spacing out and I'm using the frequencies and sometimes people are like, they cry and they shudder and there's a lot that is coming out that doesn't need to be stuck there anymore. And the connecting with inner child is really important that we're able to connect with them and that we're able to move through any resistances that come from inner child wounds. Mm -hmm. And like I had a client that was always late to her appointments and I told her, you know, maybe she could connect with her inner child after our sessions. She could take her on a walk or do something that she felt good about. And so it wasn't like you're forcing this inner child to go into this building and work with this person. It was like creating this sense of safety and trust. Like, no, trust me, like it's going to be worth it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so what else would you like us to know about the work that you do or any any services and things that you offer, how you like to work with clients? Because is it like one-time sessions? Or do you have packages? Um, I will in the future. Yeah. Um, working on some courses. So that will be um, working on a course on past life expeditions and work with clients one-on-one -on -one as well. Uh, work with clients in retreat setting and just seeing a lot of stuff unfolding for me is exciting. Um, I, I do group workshops and sound journeys where we can all gather in a community sense and we can all sing together and we can work with those energies. Um, one more thing that's interesting is um, I don't know if you've thought about this, but all like pathogens, viruses, bacteria, parasites, they all have an energy field and they're like us. They're just a lot smaller. Right. And so working with, in the Akash, I've been able to work with those frequencies of those pathogens because we all have, you know, pathogens in our body. We might have a little tiny amount that's not harmful to us, but it, it exists within our mi microbiome. It's just like the soil can be balanced in one way or another. Yeah. And so being able to work with those frequencies and connect with them, they often carry an emotional boundary that they are providing for us. And I found that interesting with, I was working with my own H. pylori and that was creating this boundary for me in child, childhood trauma and family trauma. And it's important because we have our own free will and we have our own guidance of how we want to act in the world. But once there is a, a message of our body that we're not able to make those calls, we're not able to say no when we need to say no, 
you know, often people having to stay home sick, it's because they push themselves too hard and they weren't able to say no. And so I think it's really important to connect with that, that energetics of why is this in your body? Instead of trying to just take it out with herbs or supplements. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that could be a part of it, but it can also be a part of it to just not give it any power by working with why is it there in the first place and how can we resolve it? Mm. I think that's really important. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. Yeah. 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 Well, so how do people find you? What's your website? What social medias are you on? Yeah, it's a, a joypointclinic.com. And my, um, my handle for Instagram is joypoint clinic as well. Um, by the time of the recording, I am going to be using sacred flow as my sacred flow healing arts. Um, but you should be able to find it through redirection. Um, so I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and yeah. Okay. Well, excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom with us. And it's been a pleasure to have you. Yes. For everyone listening or watching, thank you for being here. And I will see you next time on Connection to the Cosmos. Aloha. Aloha.